These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm -hmm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to this fortnight's episode of Open Journal. I hope you're well, hope things are good for you. We've recently had a bank holiday weekend in the UK, so whatever you were doing, I hope you had a, a good time. I hope, I hope it was nice for you. I feel like it was just kind of exhausting my end, but yeah, I hope it was, I hope it was good for you. I'm delighted to say in this episode, we're joined by a new guest. Mike is going to be joining us and we're going to be talking about time, which is together in music expression, uh, kind of the, the work and the activities that have been going on. We're going to hear a little bit about them uh, in regards to time, but also Mike's own lived experience and how that's led to him helping time exist and to the work that they're now doing as well. So really, really interesting work to hear about how they are supporting both young people those with different abilities and older people through music and mental health and well-being kind of crossovers and we talk a little bit about how that's been difficult over the last couple of years with everything pandemic and how music has kind of fitted into that as well so big thank you to mike for coming on for sharing his lived experience for his insights and the expertise around the work that time are doing as well i really hope you enjoy this episode it was another amazing conversation and awesome to hear about another different project and the work that's been going on there as well so absolutely awesome as always you can find links and information at the end of this episode and in the show notes as well and if you're interested in coming into the podcast yourself sharing your own insights and experiences you can find information on the website, which is openjournalbc.com. But for now, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Here's this fortnight's episode. But it's really nice to, to sit down with you and to have a chance, Mike, to hear a little bit about you and the work you're doing. Um, but just to kind of to start us off, like, how's your last week been? What's it been like for you in terms of kind of the well-being and the things that you're you're doing at the moment? Like, What's your week been like? Yeah, so yeah, just very quickly. Thanks so much for having me on today, Mikey. I really, really appreciate it, man. It's always really fun to sit down with people like yourself and uh, talk about, yeah, like mental health and uh, music and all that, all that fun stuff. So yeah, th thank you very much. Um, yeah, my week's been all right. I've had like an awful cold the last <laughs> the last couple of days, so that's that's a uh, sort of like uh, wilted my my enthusiasm for a little bit this week. But um, but it's all cool. I managed to get some project planning done. Um, we're doing some really cool stuff with a company called Metal this week. Um, we're, we're doing a, a project called Art Makes Children Powerful. And we're going into a school and essentially like 
I, I like to think of it as, have you seen the, the School of Rock? Have you seen the films? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see it as like that. We're essentially going into the school <laughs> and we're spending about six days there. Um, and our sort of aim for the project is to write, record and produce a song uh, with, with oh, primary wow. school kids. Um, and yeah, so we're going to like break it all down from like drums to chords and like vocals and, and leads and stuff. And uh, yeah, each of the days, a different group's going to record a little bit. Uh, a little bit instrumentally um, and then we're gonna have like a day shooting a music video as well it's all gonna be like shot by the kids so it's just gonna be like really really fun so in the last week I've sort of been planning out that project and just like sorting all the bits and pieces out so that's been really fun to plan I'm really really looking forward to it um, I don't know how good my Jack back impression is gonna be I'm gonna <laughs> give it my best go <laughs> that's really cool though I'd like to hear the engagement of like young people in that as well. I think it's something we, um, I feel like it, it's often a talking point, like young people's mental health and um, the impact, particularly for us, like the last couple of years, I think that's only going to have, have increased the amount of people that are uh, affected by, not necessarily diagnosable illnesses, but that are affected by poor mental health. Yeah. So, so here, kind of that engagement in like positive, proactive activities and kind of hopefully starting a lot of creative ideas around music as well is really, really cool. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think kids need that. Um, particularly, like say, after like two years of just a weird time for everyone, but particularly like kids in school who have just... Uh, yeah who've just been through this weird period of not really know what's going what's going on being completely removed from people and their friends and stuff um so yeah like a, a project like this which you can just, just like group them all together and give us an excuse to do something really really fun is is going to be amazing and um yeah i think it's just really important to present uh things like music and art to to kids in a really accessible way while they're young um I feel like as much as we're getting further and further with like presenting music and arts to, to children in young school, I think so much of it is still around the idea of like, well, you need to do an exam at the end and you're going to be tested on this and you have to fill out A, B, C and you need to tick all these boxes, which, which is, you know, it's, it's great that they're doing music and, and it's great that that's happening in the first place. But uh, I, I kind of feel like creativity and music in particular, like, you need to have the room to kind of like fail or to not have like an end goal, like just to experiment and uh, be creative, just uh, existing in that like circle of creativity. That's the most important thing. Um, and I often feel like that's the, the way that so many good like songs and stuff written anyway. So I feel like it's, uh, yeah, it's important that kids have um, access to that, that kind of, um, yeah like those both workshops or like an experience like that to just learn how to write a song and learn how to make music but not have to be like tested on it afterwards just like have fun with the process you know yeah I think it's it's the way it's yeah I guess it's the way it's viewed in my head as well I remember I think um maybe being at school but definitely kind of college and uni seeing people that were doing kind of art and creative related courses and not being involved in that I've made assumptions about this but there being kind of like big elements of their their assessment and how well they were doing was actually like the written work that went with it yeah. it's like it's not just performing like you're meant to be good at the performance side but actually part of it is being able to explain 
what's gone into it and and kind of the learnings and the things that are going on mm. um and I always found that quite interesting in terms of from the outside it looks like it's an English task of like how good can you put together a, a report or an essay or whatever mm. when actually it was kind of the the explaining of the creativity I guess or explaining that to someone that might not necessarily see or understand the work in the same way yeah yeah um and that was kind of like the first time I think I would have seen that idea of it's like an exhibition or a like a modern museum of like here's some creative stuff going on and, and here's a bit of information about it yeah, yeah there's a lot more than it looks like is going on as well yeah 100 percent. I think that's a really really good point and it is like what a talent to be able to like break down like musical elements or artistic mm. elements to that that sort of degree you know um and I think there's no, there's nothing wrong with that at all like you say that's something to be like celebrated and, and talked about um but I feel like to sort of lay the lay the foundations or to like um plant a seed of like love for something you've got to like figure it out for yourself or just just fall in love with it in the first place before you're like oh why do, why does this music sound like this and why does it make me feel like this you've got to be in love with it first and then that that rest of it will come because you'll want to know yeah what what went into that song and how was that made and you know the more the more like uh the more integral elements of it um mm -hmm. but yeah when you're a kid like the only thing you want to do is just have fun so like if you can do something like music or art just make it super fun and instill that love that person's way more likely to go on and be like a musical genius who knows all of the ins and outs of music and can write those like amazing reports or breakdowns of a piece of music or something so I think yeah like, like we started speaking about I think it's so important that those kids have that access to, to art mm. and music and they have fun with it at that sort of stage where they they're open to taking on a new hobby or a new uh, a new thing it's the it's that opportunity to express as well isn't it i imagine for particularly when we're we're talking kind of about mental health and well-being like tips and tools that help keep people well it's such a creative field and this is one of i guess many things that people could do but i think such a a key thing to get people started on and i I don't want to go too much into because I know we're going to talk about the work that you're doing as well. But just in general, I guess that music and the performance side is a big thing for uh, like a, a creative outlet for people. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, huge. And, um, you know, music, I think. I mean, I don't know who said this, but it's very true in that uh, music is like the most popular art form. It's something that is just all around us, like. Uh, you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is listen to the radio uh, you drive your car to work and you're listening to, to music or, or something um, you know you look like watching tv like footballers or basketball players all these big stars uh, but all these big sports stars sorry all of them come out onto the court wearing their, their earphones they're playing music um, you know if you are ask someone what's your favorite music you're always going to get a response by asking someone of their favorite painter you're going to get a, slight, a slightly different response, you know. Yeah. So music's so accessible and is is so like, ah, oh, it's really just bled into the the culture of the every single person in the world. Um, and yeah, so for, so for that reason, it's already like a part of us. So then for for someone to be able to like put their uh, creativity and emotion into like writing a song or even just playing a piece of music is like 
so therapeutic. I um I started off really playing the drums, and I although that's not you know not writing down how I feel or being uh, expressive in in that sort of way. Um, I found myself like just almost in like this sort of spiritual place playing the drums where you just lose yourself in music and you are just like you feel just like a vessel <laughs> to, to this music and you're almost like you're not playing it like the music's like playing you and you're just like a victim to this thing happening I just find myself getting so lost in drums and as like a 14 year old with tons of like issues and mental health stuff going on that was just the most incredible thing for me to be able to uh yeah meet up with a band or play live and just completely lose myself for like hours uh in this like beautiful musical process and then to link down with other people as well like what an amazing thing um creating stuff and playing music on your own is amazing and I love it but doing it with like some of your best friends or your family or other people is just like Ah, oh, such a beautiful experience. I feel like anyone that's done it before, uh, at least a couple of times, will know what I'm talking about. In that it's just this kind of yeah, like spiritual, beautiful experience, um, and nothing really comes close. As much not that I found anyway. So <laughs> it's that side. I think I find it really interesting when you hear people talk about something that's kind of unscripted, mm. and that idea of like you say. Um, there must be people that do it in other performance and other like creative industries, but I feel like I'm more aware of it in music where like, we'll just play, like there, there's, there's no like sheet music. There's no plan. We're just going to sit down and we'll just play or sing or, or whatever. Mm. Um, and it feels like, yeah, such a, a positive way for people to engage in something that I guess you you'd call or I would call like it's a well-being tool they're never going to call it that like you say you're just you're just chilling or just relaxing or or spending time with friends but that opportunity to release I think certain emotions or situations that you might be going through sometimes it might be really explicit and clear like particularly if I, I imagine there's certain um parts of music um that might be a bit more obvious that something's going in my head I'm just thinking it's loud and aggressive music <laughs> I'm really something is going on right now but there's subtlety in that as well yeah, yeah um it's it's a real opportunity to kind of get into that and I think you you kind of mentioned a little bit there like your your experience and, and being able to use drums and instruments to kind of get into music um kind of before we get on to to talking about time like how did what's your experience been and how did you kind of get to the place that you're at now with kind of music and your well-being? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so, yeah, I, I um, very luckily sort of had music around me for a long time. I think like, well, like all of us, our parents bring us up with lots of music being played on the radio. Uh, I've sort of brought up on like Fleetwood Mac and Jimi Hendrix and uh yeah, Rolling Stones and all those sort of bands, though that sort of sound was just always around. Um, and both my parents were in bands as I was growing up. They they play in like cool covers bands, and my mum's in like a Fleet of Mac tribute band and, and a cool country, country band as well. Um, and yeah, my mum plays bass, my my dad plays guitar, and they were always just instruments laying around the house. Um, so I kind of yeah, just naturally started picking up bits and pieces. Um, from when I was about 10 uh, and uh, yeah when I was 
about like 13 or 14, I sort of started playing the drums. Um, and yeah, I think at, at the time, being sort of 13 or 14 years old, like I'm sure everyone, like loads of people are just like anxious messes. Um, uh, for me was, uh, yeah, picking up music as, as a very anxious teenager was just like the best thing that could have happened to me. And when I was, yeah, around sort of 14, 15, I had uh, like pretty, pretty bad anxiety, like had, looking back on it, it was, it was like, I didn't realise at the time, but yeah, yeah, now looking back on it, it was like pretty bad. Like most weeks I'd have like four panic attacks at school uh, at the time, not really knowing what it was about. Uh, just sort of feeling like I was going to be sick or I was just super ill or there was just something physically wrong with me. I didn't know what panic attacks were at that time. Um, so, uh, yeah, so going from a place like that, and a lot of it for me was was social, being in like a social environment with a load of my, my peers and friends and stuff, just like I had this fear of humiliating myself or doing something stupid. And um the one of the biggest things that got me over that fear and that anxiety issue was, was music um being able to perform like in front of people and like I spoke about earlier get into that groove of like losing myself uh playing the drums doing that in front of people um just sort of made something click for me that I'm just fine in front of these people. If I can do this, if I can get on stage and perform and hold it all together, then, you know, maybe I can sit in a classroom and not have a panic attack. It's like as silly as that maybe seems, but just set off this like string of events for me at the time where uh, it just gave me like a huge boost in confidence. And um, yeah, kind of just really saved me from going down a anxious a further anxious hole <laughs> and uh yeah so from that like a ton of ton of friendships grew from there like that's one of the like I spoke about earlier one of the best things about music is it can be such a social thing being in band for me at a teenager was like my entire like social circles were like going to gigs uh doing songwriting sessions and recording uh shooting music videos and stuff um and yeah, just gave my whole life as a teenager like a purpose and a and a yeah cool like hobby to do. So it's been really really meaningful for me. And that's to be honest, that's like the seed of what what will come and speak about within within time. Because what that gave me was so important and so special. I just really felt this like overwhelming urge to give this to other people and make make it so that everyone has the opportunity to have the same experience that I did. Um, so yeah, that, that's my bit of my history. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Now, it's really interesting to kind of hear that that journey as well. Like what I'm really interested, did that kind of that first experience with music, was that part of education or was it kind of like a social thing that um, then tied into education like how did that first little bit happen yeah so I like, remember taking music lessons when I first went into secondary school and I just hated it I, I, I hated the formalness of it and mm. we were sort of made to play all made to play like the same song um, and it all just sort of felt very like copy and pasted um, and sort of felt quite like technical as well um, I was not, like, I loved music, but I didn't, I wasn't interested in learning music or anything. But yeah, getting to, yeah, sort of like 12, 13, 
um, and get getting more into music. And this was sort of like at the time, I can't tell me what year it would have been, uh, but this was like when like YouTube and stuff was taking off. So like you okay. could just search for music and I felt like that bit of the internet was so important for so many like bands and, and communities within music. Uh, yeah, I felt like I'd go home and just listen to like YouTube video after YouTube video of like bands and I get into lots of people through that. And I thought the, the, it initially just started by me being like, oh, I want to play that Foo Fighters song on guitar. Like, just, I, I don't want to learn how to play music or I don't want to be in a band, but I just want to learn how to play that, that song Everlong mm. or something. So it sort of started like that, just learning a little song. Um, and yeah, that that led on to me playing a couple of songs on guitar, and then that kind of led, led me on to just playing around with the drums. Uh, my friend had like a spare kit uh, that he lent me, um, so yeah, had a little had a little play around on that. And then uh, yeah, from school I met some people that had a played played guitar and played bass, so we sort of all agreed to like me up and have a little jam, jam together, and then and then that was it from there. Like it was just always from then I've been a part of like a band or I've been writing music with people or doing something um but it was that it was that personal element to it it was like writing songs that you like or performing music that you like and it doesn't have to be boring you don't have to learn like theory and you don't have to pass an exam for this it is literally just doing what you love doing um so that's yeah the thing that really set me off is that, oh sorry that's okay it's that transition isn't it I think like like we were talking about earlier that crossover to like a creative side of thinking because it is school and education there is an element of it being restricted and like to a program to a course and it really has to I guess like maybe a lot of maybe more of school than I necessarily think but it's a spark isn't it it's got to be the thing that then drives you off to somewhere else where you can then be more creative and focused outside of that I guess so yeah really interesting to hear that and then we've mentioned a couple of times already kind of the work you're doing now with time there's obvious overlaps people are going to find out with the things we've mentioned already but um can you tell us a little bit first about kind of what is time um and kind of where the journey with that began yeah of course yeah so I should have said that at the beginning shouldn't I I feel bad I've been rambling on about <laughs> my teenager like a therapy session <laughs> um yeah so uh essentially i co-run a charity and community organization called time together and musical expression we are an essex-based uh, music yeah charity um and we work with people of all ages abilities and backgrounds but we have a particular focus within disability mental health and dementia and we essentially run music workshops, classes and events um, for, for yeah, all, all people with the, with the sort of intent of just getting everyone involved in music and making sure that as many people as possible have access to, to music and songwriting and um, events and club nights and, and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, we've been running it for, we've been running it as a service for eight years and uh, we, we've swapped over to being a charity just before the pandemic hit. Um, so yeah, since then we've had some cool like uh, charity opportunities. You can like, donate to us and help and help like buy cool instruments and, and fund all the, the music workshops we do. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about time. Um, we, we started, yeah, about, about eight years ago and um, it, it initially came about my two colleagues, Mark and Rob set up a, 
uh, weekly drop-in, uh, music drop-in for anyone with a disability to come along and just get creative with music. Um, and they ran it for about six months and I came to volunteer. Um, and yeah, what, the, those sessions are just amazing. They were held at Gordon Hall in, um, in Basildon. Uh, in Essex and um, yeah anyone with a disability could come along and we'd like write songs together we'd organize performances together we'd learn songs and yeah teach the guys how to play instruments we taught like did drum lessons guitar lessons uh, lyric writing workshops recordings we'd like record singles and uh, tracks for the for the guys and yeah it was all like a, a voluntary thing for for like a year or two and um, yeah after those two years we just loved what we did and wanted to do it more. Uh, so, so we sort of turned it into a business, which then became a charity. Um, and yeah, essentially the, what the, that business and the charity meant was just expanding what we'd done with the drop-ins, uh, going to as many homes and schools and care centers um, as possible, doing the same sort of stuff, songwriting and recording. And, uh, and then it sort of bled more into like, uh, we started to do more sensory based workshops for people with sort of more severe disabilities um, and people with, with non-disabilities as well. Um, yeah, more focused around sort of like sound bathing stuff. Um, and yeah, just like we're constantly learning about how to make music more accessible. Uh, yeah, what instruments we can use to, yeah, enable people with all sorts of abilities to be able to create and get involved with music. Um, and yeah, it's just expanding from there. And we're really lucky to be super busy uh, and we're expanding. We're bringing someone new on from, uh, into the team in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, it's all going cool, man. It's, just, uh, it's a really, really good job to have. That's amazing. It's really interesting to hear kind of that journey as well. Like having heard kind of your experience and the way that music and performing music impacted on, on you and supporting how well you felt that you've not just kind of gone out and done a music pro a music project still would have been great but the like that focus on those particular individuals those young people the people with potentially those additional needs um the care homes as well like all of those people that potentially would find it a bit more difficult to access that type of support or equipment or or, or engage mm. um i think is a really interesting and really positive thing to hear about um because yeah, we could have had the conversation we've had up until now and gone, yeah, that's great. You're doing a music project and, and that's amazing. Um, but by particularly focusing on those people and making it more accessible, like you say, other people can still participate and get involved, but um, they're possibly going to have access to other things or, or, yeah. or improved access to things. What was kind of the, was there a, like a big moment where that was a decision to open up or to focus on particular groups or demographics of people or did that just naturally come as you were kind of putting things together yeah that's in the end a really good question um yeah I mean we we do work with people with with all ages like like we were saying um but yeah there is a definite focus on disability mental health and dementia for, for those reasons that you exactly like you said that music and uh art and all sorts of things are much harder to access when you do have a disability or you have mental health problems or you have dementia, um, it is as much as we all deserve access. And I want to make sure that everyone has yeah, the same opportunities to get involved with music that I did. Um, if you're a mainstream person like me or you, it's much easier to like watch a YouTube video on how to play guitar or get a guitar teacher or 
Um, you know, there's lots of different things around the place where you can get involved. So you can join a band and there's websites for joining bands and, and all sorts of things. But if you're someone with a disability that struggles to hold a guitar or, or you know, doesn't understand how to, well, or can't use like a recording program or whatever, that's, you know, like a completely different ball game. Um, and it's for that reason, I feel like I really wanted to make a, a service or like a platform where that wasn't the case for people, like with a bit of assistance from someone in the right place with the right know-how, uh, someone with a disability or someone from a, a background like that could still get involved in music and they can still get creative. And we can, if they can't play the guitar, we can figure out other ways of playing a guitar or like how we can utilize a program to help that. Or if someone wants to write a song, but they can't you know, access like a, a production program, like we can help them with that and ensure that that whole process is smooth and creative for them. Um, so yes, that's, that's essentially what it's all about. It's just making sure that, yeah, these people that don't gen generally have access to, to music do. Um, and then, yeah, the other, other end of that, like dementia, people in uh, care homes and such, it's the sort of same, same situation. Very like hard for someone in their sort of 90s with dementia to, to learn an instrument or, you know, have access to music. Um, so it's so important that there are people around making that accessible for them and making sure that they have the opportunities to get involved with stuff. Yeah, no, thank you. It's really interesting. Like it's just yeah, just to hear that journey. Like there's similarities with those demographics, but also there's still very different areas to be able to support and approach. Um, I imagine that's been a, a journey in building those relationships as well. And particularly, mm. um, kind of again looking back to the start of our conversation, we've come out of two years essentially of a kind of a pandemic, and there will have been a lot of limitations on particularly the people that you're kind of targeting and focusing on the both the younger and the older age groups yeah. um and I think you mentioned like you're just moving over to being a charity kind of before that as well there must have been quite a lot of I don't know has there been a lot of change or rethink on how you could work during that period and how you could support those people that again probably increasingly more vulnerable yeah over the last couple of years yeah that's exactly right yeah it was um yeah like gutting um though those sort of two years to not be able to do nearly as much work as we would have liked to um particularly with our like charity status we we're all like raring to go and we we're all like about to get some grants and like plan out some good workshops and then obviously yeah it was it was pulled to a halt um yeah I mean we did we did as much as we could online um we have a popular disability nightclub in Basildon um so every week on a Monday if anyone's interested uh yeah we hold a, a nightclub in Basildon at the Edge Bar uh, for anyone with a disability or anyone that just wants to come along um yeah between six six and nine uh that was like super super popular we've been going for six years now um oh, wow. and obviously that was uh we we, ha we have generally speaking between about uh 45 and 70 people come a week um so for a lot of people that was their big like social event of the week um and when lockdown happened obviously that all had to stop so we brought all of that online and we turned like our sort of club onto zoom and like like a lot of people did like uh quizzes and like music music quizzes and like uh, guess that tune and and yeah just had like a good like social thing every week 
Um, so th- and, and that was as much as it was like tough. That was still that was really really fun, and it was lovely that mm-hmm. we were all able to connect still, um, despite everything that was happening. Um, and then yeah, we we sort of more towards the second year, we managed to do some sessions on Zoom. Um, if you know about like latency and delay on Zoom, you'll know that. And if you know a bit about music as well, like if I tried to perform with you <laughs> and I play guitar and you play drums, <laughs> it would just not work. It would just like completely fall apart because that little bit of latency is enough to just make it all like, <laughs> yeah, fall apart. Um, so we weren't able to do anything like that because us and the other instructors weren't allowed to get together. Um, but yeah, once things settled a little bit, we, uh, me and my, my colleagues, Rob and Mark, uh, could get together and perform through Zoom to a lot of care homes, which was, again, beautiful. We were able to, like, contact and communicate with those, those homes and places that we, we go to regularly and see all those familiar faces and get people dancing and, and stuff. But, yeah, it was really tough, man. It was, it was tough, like, like everyone, um, yeah, struggled with how to how to make that work. I think there were some definitely good things that came out of that, that whole period. Um, but yeah, it was, it took a lot of getting used to. Um, as I'm sure like you were the same, like how, how, did, how was your work impacted? Like what, what how was it? It was in a weird way, kind of similar without the, like the musical technical stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, like the, the, the swap over, to some extent wasn't too difficult like it's all technology that's already there a lot of people have kind of know it's there or have used it once or twice um so that was okay and I think that almost that first that first lockdown that we had in the UK that was about three months something like that that felt like actually not too bad Mm. um that was a manageable period it was more after that when you're like okay we're all bored of the quizzes <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> oh I can't think of any new questions um when like the people that are happy to adapt have adapted to some extent you're still going through that process but they're, they're okay um and then the people that don't want to or aren't prepared to move over then you're trying to work out okay how can we support those people I think that became the tricky period in between yeah um whereas now kind of hopefully kind of coming out of of pandemic stuff it's looking back and going oh there's some really massive learnings there of things that we did because we had to Mm. when actually we could have been doing anyway um and i think slash hope um a lot of services charities projects will look at the way um things were more accessible for certain people mm-hmm. whether that was to do with social anxieties physical abilities a range of other things suddenly things were more accessible so it's trying to keep that while also kind of returning the face-to-face stuff for the people that are really benefiting from or needing that yeah and i think that's now the tricky bit of how do we not just revert back to face-to-face only but go all of these people that have benefited the last two years, actually, we should still try to deliver that. And I think that's the thing. It feels like quite a lot of people are still trying to work out how to do both yeah. without just kind of dropping one is quite tricky. Yeah, this is it. This is where the metaverse is going to come in, isn't it? <laughs> not to go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, no, that's really interesting you say that because while we were running the Zoom sessions to, to take over from Involve, we got quite a few people that were 
um, from all over the country. Uh, some people from like Scotland joined, some people from Wales mm -hmm. joined, um, and even someone from Essex that was like, only sort of from Chelmsford, which is really close to us, um, got involved. And uh, she was, um, she loved the Zoom sessions, but she found meeting up in person like, uh, she had a lot of anxiety and um, she struggled to communicate um, with, you know, lots of sounds and other, other mm. stimulus going on. So she felt the Zooms were amazing because she could just, she could, everyone was muted <laughs> when, yeah. when, uh, apart from like one person at a time. Uh, and when it was her turn to talk, she knew that there was like silence and she could just take the time she needed to articulate herself. Mm. Um, and, and that was really, really great for her. And, and she feels like, uh, we, well, I get a call from her once a week. We have a little chat, but um, yeah, she she doesn't quite feel ready to come to the in person club nights. We're trying to yeah think about similar to what you're saying, like oh, how do we implement uh, the elements that people felt comfortable with or the, the positives from the Zoom sessions and stuff. How do we keep that going so people like Sammy can still get involved and enjoy what they did about it? Um, but yeah, like run both at the same time. Yeah, it's so. It's so tricky. It's so difficult. And I'm still like, yeah, whether you can do both at the same time or whether they become two separate things, but then it's, that's two separate things. And then how do you facilitate both of those? Um, that's really tricky, but I think it's trying to use the, I guess it's trying to use the learnings that we've had from the last two years and go, yeah. Okay. What can we do with that? And, and then I guess, then we have to work out how we make that possible yeah, um, yeah and yeah that that's that is a journey you did mention there like some of the different things you've done kind of through that period and I know there's also um some projects and things that you've done like in the last year um and I think uh I've also seen a video where you've got different people recording and doing things it's been really interesting to see how you've that felt very much like a merged we can have some people in a location, but not everyone. This is a really nice way to um, get people used to coming back into a certain space or performing, and um, but also a really nice way to include we're still not quite there yet and almost like a bit of a story of the last couple of years within uh, that. Yeah, 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 totally. So, yeah, this was the, the Open Labs project. That, that's the one you're think yes yeah 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 that was amazing so that that took place last year in april so trying to like remember like what covid was happening but i'm pretty <laughs> sure that's where like i think april was coming it was coming into because i feel like late spring summer was a period where we were we were theoretically okay i think last year that was in a, yeah. a good period yeah it was like just it was like just coming out of it i think the, the first couple of vaccines were starting to roll around although at least the most vulnerable people i think have been vaccinated I, so we were like yeah. just creeping out of it and it was yeah sort of like sort of going back to normal um so yeah we worked with um Basden cpp um and they gave us a grant to animate an empty shop and we teamed up with this amazing group of people called Strange Pill, who are just like my favorite people in the entire world. They're like these uh, two visual artists. Um, and together we sort of built, well, they, they took the lead on the app, um, but we, yeah, built, built an app together. Um, and it's called Music Jelly Mashup. If you want to look at it on the iOS store, it's really, really cool. Um, so yeah, we built this app and essentially it videos, it videos you 
Um, it gives you a click, records you for about 10 seconds. Um, and in that time, you can like obviously do whatever you want. You can play a bit of guitar, you can sing, uh, you can smash something on the ground um, and just take whatever sort of sound or little, little piece of art or music you want from that 10 seconds. Um, that gets uploaded into the app and then you can mix and mash these sounds with six other people. So you can take like your singing and my guitar playing and stitch them together. Um, they're both gonna, because they've got that click with the app, it means that everything's gonna be timed up together. Okay. Um, and we sort of run the work, we, we run this, this shop uh, to bring people in to record these loops. And we made sure that everyone who was recording them recorded them in the same key. So meaning they're all just with the seven, uh, same seven notes. So that everything like stitched together. So yeah, like I said, like as long as you're playing in that key uh, and you're playing to this time signature, it would all just slot together. Um, so we animated this shot for about six weeks and just got a ton of people in to record some little loops and ideas. People came off the street. We invited some artists in, our favorite bands and singers, and that came in. Um, and yeah, we recorded something like I think it was in the region of like four or five hundred loops or something. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, it just, it means with the app, you can, uh, yeah, stitch together six of whatever sounds you want and you can chop and change them in, in real time. So you can effectively like build a song using the loops and the sounds that these people have made. Um, and yeah, we, we uh, you can go and do that on the app now because they're all, all uploaded into the, into the cloud on there. So you can play around with them and, and upload your own as well if you want to get involved with it now. Um, and, and yeah, we sort of stitched together some of our like favorite loops and we made this, this track called the Basildon Anthem, <laughs> um, which is just, yeah, like a long lit, like loop of like all of our, all of our favorite different sounds and bits, bits and pieces. There's, yeah, people smashing stuff and there's like beautiful singing. And then there's like a guy rapping about his girlfriend at the end and just like some, some really cool like sounds and stuff going on there. <laughs> And um, that was, yeah, like you're saying, that was like a perfect marriage of uh, doing stuff in person, but then also doing stuff online and anyone that didn't feel comfortable to come in could still get involved because they could download this mm. app and upload them from home, playing a bit of guitar or, or doing whatever. Um, and yeah, it was, it was brilliant, man. It was, uh, yeah, we had tons of people come over the, the six weeks. Um, we had like a ton of good yeah, feedback. And I say, I'm so proud of that song as well. Like it's just like one of the coolest little projects we've done. And um, yeah, I'm really, really proud of it. It was, re it was really good to, to watch the video and listen to it. And it really, it did strike me as one of those things where you go, this is amazing. How much filming have you done? To, yeah. like, in my head, I'm like, there's hours of this to find the bits to put together. Yeah. Um, a lot of work I imagine I think you've you've made it sound easy I think a lot, a lot of work and a lot of time has gone in to to that but sounds really positive in terms of it being accessible to people now there's kind of a base of stuff there and a really cool example to to use as well yeah um kind of having mentioned that looking forward to I guess the rest of this year and the things that you've kind of got planned or aspiring to kind of in the in the not too distant future what are you 
hoping to do with time are there things that are coming up that you're you're looking to in the future yeah so um yeah the, like i mentioned earlier this almost children powerful thing is is a big focus for us for the next next six weeks uh really really excited to see what comes from that yeah getting all those kids involved in this like school of rock project uh yeah again we're gonna have like a, a track and a music video coming out for that um so yeah i'm really excited to see see where that goes um, we are applying for funding for the Arts Council currently. Uh, fingers crossed we're going to get that. Uh, pray for me to get that. I really hope that it goes through. Um, <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> but yeah, our, our aim for that is to run a, a sequence of uh, 12 weeks of workshops in Basden for anyone with a disability to come along uh, and, and get involved in the songwriting session. Um, those sessions are just going to be like super fun. We're going to like teach you how to play some instruments and um yeah teach you how to write some songs play some music together um and then at the end of that period we hope to start in about like september um and at the end of that period we're gonna have a, a song recorded and produced uh, and a music video as well similar to that other project wow. and we're gonna try and see if we can get it to number one i don't know if that's being like i know like loads of people try and go for christmas number one <laughs> and it's like a uh yeah like a massive massive competition but you got to try these things, don't you? <laughs> so, oh yeah, you're not going to do it if you don't try. Yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> given a crack at Christmas number one this year, that's uh, another big focus for us. So, again, another fingers crossed for that. <laughs> yep, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if people want to find out about some of these projects or to get involved, you've mentioned being able to donate and things like that. Now you're a charity as well. Where where can people go to find out about? The stuff that you're doing yeah so uh you can check out our website which is time music charity uh, .com, um or you can visit our socials uh all of our socials instagram twitter um, and facebook are all under time essex or you can just type in together in musical expression uh into into those search bars and you should find us from there and then yeah you can check out videos uh and pictures from all of our projects uh, you can donate there's lots of other things you can do to support us as well like we're on uh, Amazon Smile. If you want to sign us up on there, every time you buy something, it, we, we get a little bit of little bit of money from that. Um, we're also looking at uh, we've got the as the green token scheme at the minute as well. We can just hit vote on a, on this little website, and that does us a massive massive favour. So yeah, anyone that's got two minutes, uh, those would be absolutely insane. But yeah, hopefully you guys check it out and then um, yeah, see what cool stuff we're up to. Cool. Thank you so much, Mike, for, uh, for sharing, not just in information about the things that you're doing, but for sharing kind of your personal insights and experiences as well. It's been nice to hear about the journey that's that's been your journey, but also time's journey and the things that are coming up in the future as well. So, uh, yeah, big thank you for sharing that. No, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's been, a, it's been really fun. Thank you. No, it's been awesome. Thank you. And uh, yeah, for everyone listening, if you want to go and have a look at those links, find out a bit more about time and uh, get involved in whatever ways you can and share it with other people that might be interested as well. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. 
a lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that this, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.